decides to upload this. Uh, this is Carl with Gallant Few, and I'm sitting here with two fathers. Actually, counting me, there's three. three. Right. Zach Sabalos, who's a single parent, has a little monster of a daughter. No, she's a sweetheart <laughs> of a daughter. That uh, well, I'm going to ask him a couple of questions about that. And then I have Mylan, who is a really, really old dad that just became a grandfather for the very first time. Whoopee! And, uh, and Mylan is a Vietnam veteran, flew gunship helicopters, and uh, he works with Gallant Few and helps us uh, spread awareness and raise some funds here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And Zach's a Marine Corps veteran, post-9-11 Afghanistan. I uh, had a very brief deployment into the Desert Storm Theater, got credit with a combat operation, but never heard anybody shoot at anybody, and I certainly never shot at anybody. So... Uh, back to being, a, oh, and I'm a dad because, let's see, I have two daughters, and I have one grandson that is about five and a half years old. So, guys, thoughts about being a dad? Zach, you first. Just, What's being a dad mean to you? Whoa, that's my first reaction to being a dad. But uh, honestly, being a dad, it's, not to sound cliche, but it's one of the most, one of the most rewarding things uh, I've ever done, especially being there from birth till, I mean, my daughter's six years old now, so being there doing all the things that she does from daycare from infancy to kindergarten was completed this just this year. So it's kind of surreal. And now seeing her swim on her own without floaties or anything, it means a lot. And it's time goes by fast. But she wasn't with you for a while. No, I, uh, I have now have custody as of 2019, had custody mm -hmm. for three years now. So, so, so talk about, if you don't mind, I'm yeah. putting you on the spot here. What were some of the things that happened that caused you to not be able to see her? Uh, you don't have to go into my, super private details. Right. Yeah, my personal things was like some of it was a post-traumatic stress. Um, along with that was uh, fighting that battle and then also fighting the custodial battle between her mom and I. So my daughter would go back between her mom and I for extended periods of time. So sometimes she'd be with me for three months and sometimes she'd be with her mom for nine months. And so it was real hard. Uh, but luckily we overcame that obstacle and now we're where we are today. How much uh, more does it mean to you, having been apart from her like that, to be in her life now? Man, it's it's night and day uh, because she's with me. I say to people, it's funny because I have full custody. I'm very excited about it. And the other thing is, on the other hand, it's, I have full custody. So <laughs> she's there when I wake up. She's there when I go to sleep. When I, when I go to sleep, and um, but honestly, it's like I said, it's night and day between what it was then and what it was now because now I got to do all the things that I wanted to do with her. But at the same time, all the responsibility falls falls on me to raise her right and or to, to, or to what I deem fit. Now, you've had to make a conscious choice to put her first in your life. Right. Because there, there are a lot of people that that would try and hand her off to somebody else so they could go out and party. Yeah. Or leave her in the car while they go out and party. Oh, my gosh. Or, yeah. right? But, yeah. uh, but, but what... 
what you have done is a very admirable thing about you is is you have included her in all aspects of your life. So when you come climbing, she comes along, <laughs> right? And yeah. uh, and in the beginning, it was a challenge because it's a new environment. She's a little kid. She's running around trying to figure things out. And mm-hmm. now she's, she's uh, much more mature, mm-hmm. even though she's only, what, six and six, a half? Six and a half. Yeah. Um, what, talk to me real quick about, and Mylon, I'm not ignoring you. We'll get to you in a second. Talk to me about um, the challenges of, of electronic media and TV and, and tablets and things like that. It's, if it's not controlled, it can be a straight addiction, especially for a child because it's so, the technology is so intuitive that it's easy for kids just to keep tapping and tapping and tapping and tapping on whatever device and new videos pop up, new games pop up, pictures, whatever. There's a lot of good things out there, but uh, there's also a lot of bad stuff out there as well. So to having having to, to help control that is probably one of the, the biggest challenges of when is, it a, when, when is it an acceptable time and when is it time to kind of cut it off and time to go to bed or get outside or do whatever. So um, that is definitely one of the biggest challenges that, uh, that I face when, in today's age is just technology in general. Um. What would you say is the biggest, and you can think about this while I talk to Mylon. Okay. What's one of the biggest things that you've learned or that you would pass on as advice to another dad? Okay, so think about that one for a minute. Okay, Mylon. Hello. Wait, you just wake up? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm the so, oldest one here in the bunch. So how long have you been a dad? So my daughter just turned 47, and my son just turned 44. And so that's a long time, but we actually got married when I was, when I came back from Vietnam, I was 21 years old. So 20 some odd years would have been the marriage if it had lasted. But, uh, at this stage of the game, I, I, I went, um, 17 years with the woman that bore my children. And now I'm married to another young lady and, uh, she is in my mind, just a lot more terrific, um, more dynamic, and a lot smarter than the first one that I married. You know, somebody's got to hear this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so talk to me about, uh, was there ever a period where you were separated from your kids? Like uh, I was. was um, when we were going through a divorce, uh, obviously she kind of claimed them, and then she got control or custody of them um, simply because I was a traveling salesman. Uh, working in corporate America. And uh, if I stopped to think about them, then I really got kind of sullen. So I just really didn't stop that much to think about them. I just kept rolling and uh, earned a lot of money for a lot of people in corporate America, including myself. But when corporate America dissolved, or about the time I turned 55 or 56, then I had more free time. And at that stage of the game, it was like, wow, boy, did I miss a chunk of their lives. And I certainly did. So my son and I are not, um, do not have a good relationship, but my daughter and I do. And she just recently gave birth to triplets. Um, there were complications. There still are because uh, they were born at the 30-week mark. And normal uh, gestation on that is 40 weeks. But um, so they're just now getting out of the 
uh, NICO and special care units and going home. But they're excellent, and they're all three boys. So you haven't been able to play catch with them yet? Not yet. Well, you know, you don't want to throw kids like that around. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I used to fly my son and toss him up in the air and, and catch him, and I only missed him once. And <laughs> Is that, that why you the, don't have a good relationship with that him? That was the end of fly me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That so, could be part of it. Um, what's it like being a grandpa? That's a whole different world because, um, you know, you don't have the same responsibilities. You do in the fact that you want to feed them, you want to teach them correctly, and you want to try to show them what you know, and which takes about five minutes because um, they are in a whole different world. When my kids were growing up, it was, uh, uh, it was uh, uh, some of the video, early video games. But now uh, the things that... Um, Zach faces are entirely different and a lot more high speed and coming right at you. But uh, being a granddad, um, hey, if they don't, you know, they have have an accident or whatever, you just hand them back to their family, <laughs> to their mother or their father and say, here you go. You know, if they're staying with you for the weekend, that could be a problem. Yeah, it could be a problem. <laughs> Thank God they're only two months old. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll come back to you in a minute. And the same question that I'm going to ask Zach soon, which is, you know, one thing that uh, that you learned or that you'd like to pass on to uh, somebody else about being a dad. And uh, and I'll tell my story real quick. So I I got uh I got married to my starter wife who uh is uh, is a great gal. We we have a good we have a better relationship now I think than when we uh when we were married. But we got married really really young. She was 20, I was 22 and uh and we had our first daughter Jackie within about a year. So we never had any just alone time with us, which I think probably that that created problems later on. But um, Jackie was born in uh, Tacoma, Washington. And then a few years later, Michelle was born in Honolulu, Hawaii. And both, I'm very proud of both of my daughters. And, you know, they, because they were so young when I was on active duty, and I was gone a lot between being an infantry company commander and then being in a ranger battalion. Uh, I was not home very much, and uh, and I would remember coming home from uh, being out on a training exercise, being gone for a week or two or three, and uh, and coming home and and having Jana just like, here's your daughters, take them because she was going to go do something else, <laughs> and, uh, and and you know at the time I was like, well gosh, I'm tired. I've been out training for the last three weeks, haven't slept very much. Uh, and, uh, but, I'm, but I'm glad that she did that because that gave me more time with them. I, when I think back to the examples that I had in my life, you know, my biological father was a zero example for me because he left when I was so young. And, and I never uh, had the benefit of uh, a relationship with him. My grandfather, my mother's father, was uh, a fill-in dad, and and we moved in with them after a few years and lived with them for a few years before my mom got an, enough money at a job to get her own place. But he became my father. And I can imagine now, because I am the age that he was when I came to live with him with my mom and my two sisters. And I can imagine being 
you know, I'm, I'm in my upper 50s now, and all of a sudden, where I thought I was moving into the area of my life that was going to be relaxing time, and I get to do my own <laughs> thing, and now all of a sudden, kaboom, here comes a single mom with three little kids that require constant attention. And and uh, thank God for he and my grandmother, because they, uh, I don't know where we would have been if it wasn't for them. So, you know, Father's Father's Day kind of goes both ways. It's, it's, it's being a father to your kids, but it's also remembering the fathers, the men that were in your life that helped uh, get you where you are. And, it, you know, I, I, I am jealous a lot of times of some of my friends that had lifelong relationships with their fathers because I just, I did not have that. As, as good as my stepfather was and as good as my grandfather was, they weren't my father. And, uh, and so when I see men that have great relationships with their fathers, I'm, I'm jealous of that because that's a very cool thing. That also, though, gives me some ammunition when I work with veterans. One of the things that we have in our azimuth check survey, and if you're a veteran out there and you haven't done it, go to azimuthcheck.org, take our azimuth check. One of the questions in there is a very simple, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, I believe life is worth living. And I have had veterans give me a 4, give me a 7, some have given me a 9, 10, and, uh, and one recently gave me a 6. And as I'm getting, as I'm starting to uh, get to know this guy on the telephone, Army veteran, I said, so uh, 10 minus 6 is 4, 40% chance you would kill yourself. And he stops for a minute and he says, well, you know, you, sometimes life just sucks. And, and so it was like he was giving himself permission maybe to make that choice sometime. And I said, well, tell me about yourself. Are you married? And he said, yes. And I said, do you have any kids? And he said, yes. And I said, boy, girl. And he said, girl. And I said, how old? And he said, 18 months. And I stopped for a minute and I thought, 18 months? And this guy is saying six out of 10 life is worth living. So I asked him to do a little visualization drill. I asked him to close his eyes. And I said, can you think forward? I want you to go forward in time 20 years. So your daughter is now a little over 21 uh, maybe 22 years old, and she's getting married. Can you picture yourself walking her down the aisle, or maybe it's a beach, or but you're walking her up to the altar or the podium or whatever it is, wherever the guy or gal is that's going to do the service to marry your daughter. Can you picture that in your head? And after a minute, he said, yeah, I can. And I had him describe a little bit of that to me, and he did. And And I said, okay, open your eyes now. Now tell me. One, scale of 1 to 10 is life worth living. And his his score went up, as it should, right? But what happens is, we even even when we're fathers and, and uh, we've got families, we get so boxed into our own problems that those problems make it seem like there's, there's nothing on the outside of that. And the reality is that there is. Because whatever hell you're going through right now, this very second... Tomorrow can be better. Next year can be better. Ten years from now can be better. And uh, and it's up to each one of us individually to take charge of that and make that change, right? Because it's just not going to happen on its own. But so any of you fathers that are out there, if you start getting down on yourself or or you're thinking, you know, I don't need to be here anymore. My family would be better off without me. Then visualize that event in the future because I think, Zach and I have had this conversation. One of the things that, that brought him back to reality from, from uh, 
thinking about ending his life was somebody saying, well, then who's going to walk your daughter down the aisle? And boy, that will really put things into perspective for you. So, yeah. So, okay. So uh, over to you then, Zach, what lesson, what would you like to pass on something that you learned from being a dad? So before I really give you my answer to that, I just want to tie in with what Carl said. Uh, Carl's, his, his upbringing, like he mentioned, his, his biological dad wasn't there and his grandpa really was, was there, was that father figure for Carl. Uh, I had a similar situation. My biological dad uh, wasn't there uh, from ages from like one and a half or two to now in my life. Uh, but I was very fortunate and I am very fortunate to have my stepdad uh, step up to the plate and not just raise myself. Uh, but my two older sisters who basically there's three kids my dad raised that weren't his and then he had a, a, a my little sister with my mom and so he raised four kids uh, he provided for four kids to be raised and I just that was something that I wanted to follow um, along with you know great people great dads that I, I personally think are like Mylan and Carl uh, but the biggest thing that I would say to anybody out there any dad out there who's kind of struggling and whatnot is um, one don't give up because, like Carl said, you know, today might suck, tomorrow might suck, but next week might be better, next year might be better, 10 years from now might be better. Don't give up. And two, the thing is, if you don't have your kids right now, uh, if they're in another state or they're with their mom, they're with somebody else, whatever the case, make the effort and go the extra mile to talk to them, to see them, to do whatever you can uh, to be part of their lives because you have no idea the impact that you, you can leave uh, with your kids. And just do your best to be a part of their lives because... Uh, I firsthand have seen it, Carl's seen it, what it's like to not have that person around. So uh, change the game and be part of somebody of your of your child's lives. That's something that I'd pass forward. Nice. Mylon, same question. That's, a, that's the main thing. Uh, if I had to do it all over again, um, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd jump into uh, corporate America like I did. I think I'd back off a little bit and just try to be there more. Um, and that's the that's the whole uh, notion, uh, especially in their formative years. You know, like my son, uh, uh, I was there for most of his little league and t-ball, and uh, as a matter of fact, I was the coach. But um, after all that was done, and he started getting into his teen years, that's when I was really involved with uh, traveling so much, and those were really formative years for him that I should have been there. So put yourself uh, in the mindset that family comes first and just make that happen. So that that would be my advice. You know, Vince Vargas uh, last year at Vet Expo said kind of the same thing because he was coming out of a high-speed military special operations career and now he's in Department of Homeland Defense special operations career. Mm -hmm. And... uh, and he's loving everything that he's doing, but now all of a sudden his kids are getting to that age where they need his guidance and he's not there. And he, he made the incredibly difficult decision to walk away mm-hmm. from the the super sexy stuff that he was doing in order to be a dad. And But when that happened, other doors started opening for him. So you know, my, my advice to uh, you dads out there is if you're looking at a situation in your life with your kids that's not where you want it to be, then what questions are you asking yourself about that? Because if your internal questions about that are why questions, why don't I have a better relationship with my son or daughter? Why can't I spend time with them? Whatever it is, if it's a why question, 
the only way you can answer a why question is with because. And that because is a reason and an excuse to continue it. Maybe it's because my ex-wife is a bitch, or maybe it's because my job is too demanding. or, or But if, it's, if you're answering the internal self-talk with becauses, if you're asking yourself why questions, then it's an excuse and a reason to let it continue. You have to stop that. You have to imagine what life is going to be like 10, 20 years down the road. And you have to start asking yourself, what do I need to do to achieve that reality? What do I need to do to be a better dad? What do I need to do to spend more time with my kids? What do I need to do to set a better example? Uh, All those kinds of things. How can I find employment that allows me to spend time with my kids? Those things require real answers, not excuses as to why you can't do it. So to all you dads out there and uh, all of our dads and grandfathers and and, uh, father figures, figures, yeah, uh, you have our undying thanks and respect and uh, just keep on keeping on. Happy so, Father's Day. Happy Father's happy Day. Father. What do we say? Be brave, be bold, be gallant. Yeah, one of these days we'll do it like a three-way. <laughs> be brave. <laughs>